Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Miss Boo take turns picking films to watch and talk about. Some are good, some are bad, but they are always fun at the Film Club. Miss Boo, how are you, and what are we talking about this week? Hey, I'm good. It's October, best time of the year, so I'm doing great every day. And for our recording today, it's actually your pick. So I think you should tell everybody what we're watching. Well, this week, we're going to be watching House on Haunted Hill. William Castle film starring Vincent Price from 1959. And yeah, I very much forgot all of this movie before giving it a rewatch this week. Did you know? Yeah, I remembered it being much better than it actually is. (laughs) Sorry, I gotta gotta throw that out there. Well, I mean, you gotta admit, the movie's kinda bad. It's fun. It's really cheesy. It's good. It's It's a good spooktober movie. Good good is, is subjective, but we'll get into that. First, let me tell everybody a little bit about this film's background. So, this film is directed by William Castle, and for people who don't know, he was the big gimmick producer-director guy of the 1950s. He would use, like, 3D in his films, or he would rig theater seats with little buzzers so people would jump when the Tingler got released into the theater. The big one he did for this movie was get theaters to rig a skeleton to fly across the theater. I mean, how badass is that? I mean, say what you will, the man was a showman. Exactly. And who wouldn't want to see, you know, a huge skeleton just flying across the theater? I mean, I can't think of many people who would anticipate that. Because though he was a great showman, he was also incredibly cheap. Because, as you can tell in this film, the sets are not exactly great. uh, And it also makes the house a little confusing, but that's besides the point. It'd be like that sometimes. It does be like that sometimes. But yeah, so House on Haunted Hill... Which is campy, fun, and it, okay, I gotta get get to it. It's just kind of a bad movie. It's fun, but it's kind of bad. That's your opinion. I, I'm in the camp of it's a good movie, it's cheesy, it really works for the month of October. Throw this on for a party, have it in the background. It's I, a lot of fun. I think it works great in that sense of you throw it on at a party in the background, and it's, it's fun because you can kind of like chime in and out of it, mm-hmm. but it is... It's painfully slow, right? And it's only like 70 minutes long and it takes for it takes like 40 minutes for us to actually get to the part where they're now trapped in the house and they're like now like they have guns and they're they have to like wander around and like people start dying. It's like 40 minutes in before something happens. I mean, I think you would love being in a haunted house being paid $10,000 to survive the night. Well, yeah, that's called an escape room, but this you is You love like, escape rooms. I do love escape rooms, but, you know, I, I already have that escape room movie. I mean, I'm just, look, this movie, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. It's a fun movie. It's campy. It's goofy. Vincent Price is chewing the scenery like a champ, but quality-wise, it ain't that, it ain't that great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is a movie that I could definitely some see somebody enjoying, but I can't imagine somebody saying this is their favorite film. Well, it's actually Elvira's favorite film. No shit. Yes, it is. Really? Mm-hmm. The Mistress of the Dark herself. This is her favorite film. I could see why, because it has the late, great Vincent Price in it. Yeah. It's not just a horror movie. It's kind of a murder mystery movie. Yeah. I, I love the... Um, the twist. I love the twist in it, yes. The, the double twist. Double twist. There's so much that I love about this movie. Yeah, you know, it's 
done on the cheap, but I think they made it work. I think, I mean, it's, making it work is interesting (laughs) because all the props and everything really feel like you're watching people walk through a haunted maze, like not scary farm or, or one of those things. You know, it's not about how much money you have, it's the story that you're telling. And I think, you know, this is a pretty great story. It's different, it's unique. I mean, yeah, it's unique for the time of 59, but I don't know, looking at it, it's just, yeah, it's a unique little story. We're going to get these people from all these walks of life into this house, trap them, and then kind of pit them each other in this creepy, spooky house, and they're going to have to fight their own fears, paranoia, there's like a murder on the loose, so you kind of have that little mystery thriller thing going on, but all in all, it, I think my issue is just the first half is so, so slow, well, I mean, and it you, feels you kind like of there's not to... a lot going on here. Well, I mean, you kind of have to get a feel of the characters on the first half. You're figuring out who's who, what's happening. I don't think happening. I got a feel for half the characters. Like, the, the writer lady, I don't even remember her name. I mean, I'm terrible with names. It's like, yeah, I can, I can, you know, <laughs> you can pinpoint. relate to that one, right? Yeah, it's like I can pinpoint, you know, who's in the scene, but yeah, you kind of feel like, kind of like Clue when mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out who the murderer is. I think that's what they were trying to do, trying to give you time to kind of sit there and think. Well, is it the lady that writes? Is it the other guy? Is or it is the it, yeah? The, is it the butler? Did it's the maid the do butler. it? My thing is the characters were just overall kind of forgettable unless you were named vincent price vincent and, price. and his wife yeah uh carol omaha uh omar homart oh that's yeah. how you sorry i'm i was like reading in for some reason my name my brain could not understand what her last name was yeah pronounced. same but yeah so but she's great and i love their dynamic all the scenes they have together where it's oh the husband and wife and they're like throwing venom at each other it's super fun i love that dynamic it's really cool but everybody else is like not that great are the other characters just never imparted to me any like a distinct characteristic i could identify them as Mm. it's like okay none of them are like the funny one they're all kind of dry none of them are really the brave one the smart one the it is the thing where I'm trying to describe them a one word descriptor. Yeah. And they they don't really have that. They're all just kind of these blank people mm-hmm. that we describe as okay, he's the fighter pilot, which mm-hmm. means he's brave, but in the movie we don't really see that. He's just this guy who's kinda got the hots for the typist girl. Yeah. And you have the the therapist or the psychiatrist who's smart, but also just kind of a douche and he's just there i also don't remember his name at all which is bad because he's the other half of the conspiracy in this movie he is i mean it's it hasn't been that long since i watched the movie it's just i I mean we watched it for this we watched it for this i watched it recently for elvira's 40th special Mm -hmm. but it's more you know i remember like my favorite key scenes in these movies or in this movie that was my thing about this because when i brought this up i was like oh yeah i remember this you know watching it as a kid because mm-hmm. you know oh i remember you know vincent price is in this uh the the skeleton the bad acid yeah uh what's his name pritchard doing that monologue at the beginning mm-hmm. and it's the superimposed face over the ennis house yeah and it's like oh i remember that stuff i just didn't remember all the rest of it 
Yeah. You know, don't be wrong. I enjoyed myself watching the movie. It's just, I don't know. It's like it's so it's fine. I would not, I would say if it was on, yeah, give watch it for like ten minutes. Hopefully, it's a part of the movie where it's good. But you know, you can you could probably miss the first. Okay, you could watch the first five ten minutes of this movie, miss the next thirty, and you'd still be fine. Yeah, but you want to get that interaction with Vincent Price and his wife in the movie because yeah, it, it, they're so good together. They have a lot of zingers that they throw at each other. Yeah, it's like remember when you poisoned me, darling? Oh, you just ate something that didn't agree with you. Yes, arsenic on the rocks. Yeah, I yeah. like that. It's a biting dialogue. It's good stuff. There are you know some good quips to this movie. There's even there's though, nuggets of gold. Yeah. I mean, granted, they are the stars of the movie, including the skeleton, who does have a credit on IMDb. I think that's the funniest thing about this movie, is people are in on the fact that this is kind of cheesy, so they have that cheesy Easter egg. If you go on IMDb for House on Haunted Hill, the skeleton has a credit, and he has a very long and illustrious career. Dude's a star. It's a star. And they have a little, like, bio and trivia stuff about him, like, it's a, like, the plastic skeleton's a real actor and I mean, it's, it's super fun i mean the skeleton can't get a day off to save his life i know he's in all these movies and he's not a plastic skeleton he's actually a real skeleton that's way creepier exactly oh they couldn't afford to make a, a plastic one a plastic one so they're like let's just get like a like one from like a cadaver or um, a medical school so yeah it's a real skeleton that is just how cheap these people are right <laughs> Hey, if there's not enough funding, you gotta cut corners where you could cut corners. That's true. That's true. Um, where where do you want to go to next? Um, uh, well, we talked a little bit about the characters, the actors. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the Ennis house? Yeah, because this is the exterior is at the Ennis house, which yes. is in Los Feliz, right in, mm-hmm. in L.A. And we we went there to take some pictures for the podcast or whatnot, and it is fucking huge. It yeah. was surprising when we were driving up that hill and you see it. Because it actually is on this massive fucking hill in Hollywood. Yeah, we were just going up circle after circle, just rounding this hill. And uh, I just happened to catch a glimpse of it. And I just couldn't believe the sheer size of the building. I it's mean, this massive. thing was not a house. This thing was like... Um, a manor? Not even a manor. Like, like a castle. It's just massive the size of this building beautiful but not what you what you expect to see in the middle of homes in a neighborhood yeah and i mean it it is one of those things where it does speak to like the resource filmmaking of this Mm -hmm. because you know william castle would do anything to save a buck that's why all these sets that you see in the movie because the outside is is the ennis house and i'm assuming it's shot at night, and it's not that much, like, time there. So he probably was there in total of a day. Probably. Shot everything, and then that was it. And then all the interiors were just already pre-built sets on a bunch of different lots. Yeah. I think one of them was the interior for some, some like, TV show. Or, like, he was um, stealing a bunch of, like, sets from, like, the Paramount lot that they would, like, go in and just shoot there. It's just, like, this really fascinating thing when you think about it. It's like, man, that the Ennis house, this big, giant house, and he just kind of incorporated it into there. Yeah. And then in every other piece of media for this, uh, the house changes in every poster and re-release from this. Yeah. Which is great. But, you know. But, I mean, 
that opening scene where you see the the hearses driving to the house to drop off the guests, mm-hmm. as soon as we rolled up that hill, it was the exact same frame. Yeah, which... it's like it it looked to me like they like the director is like, yeah, there's only one angle I can get this in without getting 400 homes and all of Hollywood in the background. Yeah, so it was kind of surreal to be there. Mm-hmm. Very ominous, because it's it's up on the hill, so it was very quiet up there. So I'm glad we went at the day, because I think at night... You would have freaked out a little? No, I think it just would have been a little bit creepier, but... It was cool to be able to go there, take our photos for the podcast, and then drive down the hill and go to dinner afterwards. It was nice. It was. Well, yeah. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, I guess about this film, is mostly kind of just how this film is, because this is the B-movie horror flicks of the 1950s, right? And Edging I, its way into the 60s. Yeah, yeah, 59 going into mm-hmm. the 60s, but this was like the movies of that era and i don't know if we get movies like this anymore where you know you can tell this is we get low budget like horror flicks all the time yeah but ones where they're very much like more spooky than scary they kind of feel like a haunted like a haunted maze or whatever at like an amusement park more than you know a gore fest as it were Mm mm-hmm and I, I don't know if we really get movies like this anymore. Is there any you can think of off the top of your head? No, not really. I mean, everything B-movie now for the horror genre, it's like... Slashers. Z- slashers, zombies. We don't really get that kind of haunted house feel. Mm-hmm. And with this one, it's just every scene is, oh yeah, I want to be running down the halls of that haunted house and just to like bump into Vincent Price. In these movies, it's just kind of like... Okay, vampire, werewolf. Pick your poison. Yeah. Go with the tropes. You'll make a little bit over your budget back. Rinse, repeat. Yeah, because, I mean, even uh, paranormal movies now. Are, yeah, they're just paranormal activity movies. Yeah. They're not like this where we're kind of dabbling in the paranormal, but we're not. I'm still not convinced there's anything supernatural in this movie. No, I mean, the the ghost that we first see is, you know, quickly debunked. That's the the lady of the house which the, that the scene, fucking maid that scene is creepy where she's just standing there and in then like she the gets dark and then she gets pulled across the scene so you you could tell she's not walking she's yeah just she kind just of kind of floats floating. across and that one i saw that and i'm like that's really weird like there's a don't get me wrong there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that's really creepy mm-hmm. and it's 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 like the thing where he you know they see the um, are like the secretary sees the dead wife Annabelle like floating outside. I thought the, that was a cool window. shot. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought it was creepy. I was like, okay, that's really weird. I mean, even the way that they had the rope slowly circling her legs, and then you yeah. have that reveal of her hanging outside. I'm like, I would have never thought of that in a million years. That's a really good concept. It's neato. I mean, what is it? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. They, I'm pretty sure they stole that when they had to hang the guy with the bed sheet. Oh yeah, the bars. that's right. I mean, there's there's stuff in this movie where I'm like, I I can really see how this probably influenced a bunch of people. Yeah. I can see that this was a you know fun movie. There are creepy elements for it. It's an effective, spooky experience. It's just like. Man, there's some things in this movie that really don't hold up all that well. Some of the acting's a little bit too hokey for my taste. But it kind of holds together. 
it's one of those things where it's holding together just barely. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I can see where you're going. I mean, for me, I feel like everything kind of works together. Hmm. You know, again, this is like my kind of genre. I know you need something a little bit more with depth and a little bit more bite to it. I, I guess that's true. Like, I like movies that have a little bit more chew to it that are just a little bit more, um... There's more, there's more there when you bite into it. It's like a little I bite bit more it. pretentious. Oh, for God's sakes! No, you know, not every movie that means something is pretentious. I know, but you love pretentious movies. So, I mean, this movie, like, just doesn't have a lot of shit underneath the surface. You bite on it, and it's just there's, it's air after that. You know, it's just a, it's just a chocolate, you know, egg that's only the shell, and there's no nougaty center. Okay, nougaty center, but wow. But let's talk about the twist. Yeah, because the double twist of the wife and the doctor planning Frederick's murder and then Frederick being a step ahead of them and double crossing them and killing them. And it's it's one of those things where I like it because it plays into you know, Frederick Lauren, Vincent Price's character being, you know, the smart businessman. But it then... Also, I come back to, man, this fucking house ain't haunted. Those, all those props were actually just really bad uh, effects. Well, also, yeah, that... who was the, who was the monster hand? <laughs> but yeah, that that goes with uh, Frederick being the eccentric millionaire that invites the people, and it's if you can survive the night, you'll get paid. So you're thinking, oh hey, one of these people is either gonna die or they're all gonna die, mm-hmm. and just getting that twist of. They're going to be safe. He just has these people here as an insurance policy for him to keep him alive from the wife and the doctor that are secretly together. I got a question because Frederick and Annabelle, the, you know, Vincent Price Mm -hmm. and the, like the, the husband and wife, they just want to kill each other from the offset. They don't like each other. They hate each other. They're only in it because he doesn't want to divorce her and give her any money. Yeah. And she's not going to leave him because she wants to hold on again and suck as much money out of him as possible. Exactly. But they're both pretty open with the fact that they they want to just murder the other one. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, it's... it's You could just, like, chock-a-chock at the other one. I mean, Frederick, it's noted that his other three wives have died and it's implied he killed them. Yeah. And he got away with it obviously why can't he just like do without inviting a bunch of witnesses because i think he finally found someone that is just as crafty as he is with the the murder (laughs) schemes because she already poisoned him with arsenic Uh so it's like he finally met his met his match met his match and it's like okay now we really need to take it to like extra innings and this is the end this is the last point and you think he gets killed by, uh, I can't think of the girl's name. She's always screaming in the movie. Uh, oh, the the secretary lady. The secretary, there y- you go. You see the depth of these characters. I'm terrible with names, so. She that... also has one line, and it's ah. It's she has, eek. like, more, but it's mostly ah. Uh, eek. No. I, I, come on. But you think that Vincent Price, or Frederick, is killed because she shoots him in the basement. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, well, their plan did pan out. Uh, they, they crafted it in a way that she really didn't kill her husband. She got someone else to do it. And then, boom, he takes them out in kind of like one swing. Yeah, with the with the skeleton. 
Well, first, you know, he disposes of him and the acid. Also, who has a vat of acid in their basement? My point exactly. There's some things in this movie where questions arise that need to be answered and they're never elaborated on. I mean, to each their own, whatever you want to have in your basement. You no know, vats like, of acid. There's no reason for you to have a vat of acid unless you're trying to murder your wife. I right? mean, I, I agree. You know, I'd rather have a home theater in my basement, but this person decided vat of acid. And I love the, the gimmick where the the guy that's considered the drunk of the group is kind of taking them through the house. and Oh, yeah, this person was murdered here. Two more people. Oh, yeah, Pritchard. He is probably the best character in this movie because he's you can tell that his that he's like affected by the house he's really freaked out by it he's super super he's superstitious yeah he's traumatized he's, by this house yeah he's traumatized he's really portraying it and he's like he has this weird ptsd thing going on he's obviously has this like fractured psyche mm. and he's the one who's most like paranoid of everyone else yeah and i'm like Man, I really wish we got more of him in the movie because he's also the person that gives the intro to the film and is the one at the end where he's the, the one outro, that signals yeah. the skeleton to swing across the theater. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, the ghosts are, you know, are going to go home with you and points to the screen and the skeleton's supposed to fly around. Yeah, yeah. But I just love that bit where he goes into the basement with all of them finds a rat in the trap and just throws it into the acid and, a l and, and then the <laughs> fakest rat skeleton in my i've ever seen in my life comes up out of the acid. i love that gimmick it's good that's it's the, funny that's the thing it's funny that i think that's the thing about this movie if you look at it as this comedy then it works a lot better than as a horror film it's this more is, of a horror comedy even though they consider it like a murder mystery horror film yeah, but the problem is, this movie's not scary in any way. Like, you could show this to a child. Yeah. And they would be, they would be fine, right? Like, yeah, there, there's would you no... have any hesitation showing to this to, like, a five-year-old or a six-year-old? No. This is a pretty safe horror film to show a little kid. Definitely. There's no gore. I mean... There's no language. There's no, there's no racy subject matter. No. I mean, you know, occasionally you'll have someone carrying a head or that creepy ghost lady in the basement. Yeah, but the problem is all that stuff looks so fake. Yeah, and I think that's why it works, because you could tell it's fake. You know it's you not You can real. tell this is, like, the haunted hayride more than, a, more than a Jason flick. Yeah. Well, I mean, even though the L.A. haunted hayride is supposed to be terrifying, so... You know. Yeah. But yeah, I know, I know. It's just like a weird thing about this movie, and I'm also and I'm also a little confused how it's survived this long in the public consciousness because this got remade in like ninety something, ninety nine, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. And I'm like, why this film? And I I know why. It's because Vincent Price is in this, and he retroactively became the horror movie god. Yes, he is. Yeah, I mean, but all of his work in like. The Edgar Allan Poe adaptations, you know, uh, Masquerade of the Red Death, The Raven, Pit and the Pendulum. Really good performances by him. He's really good in those. Last Man on Earth, really good. I'd say Wax, or House of Wax is, really good movie. is better than this. So I'm like, how is it that House on Haunted Hill is a film that survived in the public consciousness for so long? Because Would it survive without Vincent Price? 
if, if okay, if you had another actor, right, who gave in the same like Vincent Price performance, right? Mm-hmm. Would this movie be remembered at all? Um it might because the story's so unique. It's so different. It because probably during... spawned a lot of those like one room like people trapped in a room kind of scenario yeah and this is also in the time of universal monsters classic you know horror monsters so we're kind of straying off that path of monsters to humans and ghosts you know things that we can't see so we're kind of throwing a different dynamic in there of oh there's the monster he's gonna you know destroy the village to oh no a person is the monster who is it well that also gets to another thing because this film is really unique in that way because yeah we're talking about the universal monsters and all that stuff mm-hmm. those were the standardized horror films before yeah. but this takes place in a home a very modern home in mm-hmm. a modern setting and the monsters are people and all this other stuff yeah which people credit a lot to psycho alfred hitchcock psycho and he was inspired to make psycho by this film exactly. because he was like oh they made a horror film but it's set in modern times and it's they did it on the cheap, and they made it so the monsters weren't monsters. They were just people trying to betray each other and kill each other. Exactly. That was kind of his, uh, how he framed Psycho. He was like, you know what? Well, I'm going to do a low-budget horror film and see how I do. And it's just like, knocked it out of the park. Critically acclaimed movie. Yeah. And then it was kind of sad to hear that uh, William Castle kind of, you know, took from Hitchcock's movies after Psycho came out just to kind of capitalize on it capitalize that's and kind of build people, his game too that's the thing that people you know don't realize william castle yes he was a director he was you know a quote-unquote artist but that man was a businessman he was in to make some money mm-hmm. and he made money making these kind of low-budget schlocky yeah. flicks you know i mean this and 13 13 ghosts 13 ghosts yeah i believe were the ones that made the most money mm-hmm. and it's those are probably also why they got the remake treatment in yeah. the 90s but, I mean, the remake for 13 Ghosts is really good. I think the remake for 13 Ghosts is probably the best to come out of that remake craze of those. Because they remade, like, The Haunting. Psycho. Psycho. They remade all those, like, really early 60s Classics. and 50s <laughs> horror films. And the 13, 13 Ghosts is probably the best remake adaption of that stuff we got. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest. But, I don't know. It just feels like this film is really surviving on, like, the Vincent Price legacy more than its own qualities. I think it, it it is surviving also on the fact that it is a direct inspiration for Psycho. Yeah. But, I don't know, the film's quality on its own is just... I feel like it's all over the place, because some of it's, like, really good craftsmanship, mm-hmm. and some of it's just not... Man, my opinion's really changing on here because I thought it was just straight garbage, and now I'm like, no, there's some, there's some good shit in here. You flip flop a lot. I know, and this movie just really hurt my brain on that, you know, because I'm like, I can't say it's bad because I enjoyed it, but all the stuff going into it isn't great. The acting's really hokey. The effects are really bad. The story's though unique is really basic, but I don't know. It might be a thing where I might just have to give it another watch to give it another another run i mean i wouldn't stop you i think you should give it another watch it's very fun <laughs> again great for october yeah this is a really good halloween film yeah i, I mean, will say i'll give it that it really gets you in the mood for halloween that and just vincent price's voice i mean hearing it seeing him 
it's always a treat watching one of his movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't my go-to Vincent Price film. Mm-hmm. My, go- my go-to is probably still The Last Man on Earth. Probably. Mm-hmm. The ad- the adaptation of, um, what is it, I Am Legend. I really like that movie. Yeah. Or like House of Wax. Those two are probably my go-tos. Yeah, House of Wax is a really good movie. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, is this your go-to Vincent Price flick? Definitely. Mm. I mean, I love all of his movies. I mean, I love any movie that he does voice work for. But this is probably... Oh, that, never mind. My go-to is The Great Mouse Detective. I just remembered he's ratting in. Oh, jeez. Go-to is Great Mouse Detective, <laughs> by far. Un- un- untouchable. That movie's amazing. But yeah, I think House on Haunted Hill would be, like, my go-to, because that's probably one of the first times that I saw Vincent Price as an actor, versus hearing his voice in, a, in an animated short or film. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably in the same boat with you, too, because I think this is probably one of the first horror films I watched when I was, like, really young. Yeah, because... And that's probably because this is such a safe and basic horror flick. Yeah, because I think... The first time I saw Vincent Price might have been Edward Scissorhands, but you not surprising. He's only in the movie for so long, so yeah. it's got to be like five, ten minutes. He's in the actual movie, so this is the one where he's in there for the entirety of the movie. So love this movie. It's a cult classic. It's survived because the horror community is so strong in preserving these kind of movies. Yeah. So this also being Elvira's favorite film probably helped it along too. Hell yeah. But yeah, um, I kind of hit my all my talking points. Do you have any last ones you want to get to before we wrap it up? Watch this movie. I give it two thumbs up, even though Dean's kind of on the fence about I'll it. I'll give it. I'll give it one thumb up. He'll give it one. I'll, thumb. One okay. thumbs up because it is. It is fun. It's campy. It's cheesy. The acting's kind of hokey. The effects are kind of bleh. But honestly, it's it is a really fun fun watch. It is. It's and that's fun. The thing. It's a little creepy. Yeah, it's creepy, not scary. If you're not into horror flicks, you might even like this. Yeah. Because it's like, you get the horror experience, but you're not going to, like, cry yourself to sleep no, from nightmares from this. No, no. I think it's a good stepping stone if you want to get into horror movies. Yeah. Watch a lot of, like, the 50s, the 60s movies because they're not terrifying. They're not gory. There's not a lot of language. There's no nudity or sex. So all, like, the really taboo shit that... Mm-hmm we really get into in the horror genre in like the 60s and 70s it ain't really here if you're anywhere in like 1950 whatever and back or if you even want to jump to like the 30s when dracula and frankenstein came out just to kind of see you know how horrors progressed and how it's still very clean and appropriate for the big screen yeah but so i would give it one thumb up should give this a watch if you're interested but it's not a must watch I think it's a must-watch. Well, we'll agree to disagree. But, Boo, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're going to be watching Halloween 2018. The remake? The remake. My and one word. of the best remake. Well, it's not even a remake. It's more of a sequel. They it is It is a sequel. It's a sequel to the original Halloween 1978. Mm-hmm. And next week, we're talking about 2018. It's going to be a blast because should we spoil... Yeah, what, you might happening? as well because you've been hyped about this for months. You're kind of hyped too. I'm a little hyped. Don't you know? Don't downgrade it. Hmm. So before we record this episode of Halloween 2018, we're actually going to be meeting some of the original cast from '78, mm-hmm. and we are also going to be meeting 
the Michael Myers for the 2018 version, James Jude Courtney. Yes, we are. We're going to go to a signing. We're going to, and it's like a signing meet and greet kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to ask him questions about the movie and, and fun stuff. Yeah, hopefully we could ask them a couple of questions and we'll add that into our episode next week. So be ready for that. And on that note, I am going to give House on Haunted Hill a rewatch and I will give my final verdict uh, next time. I'm surprised. I thought you'd be like, uh, this is uh, this is weird because I've never had to rewatch a movie to form an opinion. But this one, I'm like, I feel like I'm just not giving it its fair due. So I think I might need to give it a rewatch. But we will see. Boo! If you wanted to hear about that, where could they go? Well, if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anger FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. But we're also on one more different location. We are. We are on the YouTube channel in the frame where you can find this podcast, the Film Club Podcast, or you can also find the Film Odyssey Podcast, which me and my brother do. We go through the AFI 100, looking for the best film ever made, or the new podcast, the Too Obscure for TV Podcast, where me and my buddy David kind of bring up a film, talk about it. It's a really loose film conversation kind of podcast. It's not super structured yet, but we're getting to it. But yeah, Boo, any last words? Stay spooky. Peace.